word, the same as a perfect man, and also able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about by a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Again, we're talking about tongue stewardship. We're talking about how you and I, if we really want to show how mature we are in Christ, the words we say either confirm our maturity or confirm our lack thereof. Okay? You know, um, we could learn a lesson from the fish. If he just kept his mouth shut, Brother Rick wouldn't have caught him this past weekend. Okay? I mean, he saw some pictures of, of Brother Rick's fish. Had a good weekend fishing. Okay? If the fish would just kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have got caught. But Brother Rick is so good at putting that, that lure in front of him, so, so good at just uh, twitching that rod just perfectly that he couldn't help but chomp. I mean, no, the enemy's like that with getting us to run our mouths sometimes. <laughs> okay, he gets that teenager, Sean, to just push your right buttons. Okay, and you know which one I'm talking about. He gets that workers act just to, 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 to come in and just say the right thing at the right time, actually the wrong thing at the wrong time. And next thing you know, we've done blessed them, uh, blessed them out. That ain't the will of God. So hopefully we can do a little better today. All right, let's start with teachers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about us preachers. I'm going to talk about those of you that are in leadership, okay? This is, really, this is really for all of us in leadership that want to be leaders in some way or another. It's even more important for us as leaders to watch what we say. You see, not many believers should become teachers because teachers will face a stricter judgment from God. A teacher is always telling others how to live and correcting them when they come up short. In fact, a teacher or preacher is responsible for the lives and the spiritual growth of those under him or her. God holds him responsible. Therefore, if the teacher fails to do what he teaches, he shall bear a greater judgment and condemnation. The teacher must live what he preaches and teaches. Note three facts. Number one. This verse stresses a pointed truth. A person should commit his life to teach only if he cannot keep from teaching. Teaching, preaching, spiritual leadership is a high calling, one of the greatest of callings. It's ranked second only to the apostles and the prophets. Therefore, it has a large responsibility to receive the greater condemnation by God. You see, guys, when when you step up to be used by God... um, um, God holds you to a higher level, okay? God holds you to a, a stricter level, okay? The things that, that just somebody who just attends this church can do and say and get away with are much different than what Pastor Zach can get away with as our kid's pastor, okay? Are much different than what I can get away with as the pastor, okay? As we go up the ladder of spiritual leadership, the expectations rise, 
Okay? The expectations rise. And that's true. That's biblical. Secondly, however, a person is not to fear this responsibility and neglect the gift of teaching. If God calls you, he equips you. How many have seen that before? When God calls you to something, Sister Sarah knows it, Sister Garland knows it, we all know it if we've been used by God in some way. When God calls you to something, he equips you to do it. And then finally, a teacher's main tool for work is speech or the tongue. Therefore, it's the tongue and its use that will have a great bearing upon the teacher's condemnation. The tongue is where the first great temptation attacks teachers. The temptation to misuse the tongue. There are four things about the tongue that believers must know, but especially teachers or church leaders. Number one, the tongue stumbles and sins very often. You know, one of the Proverbs says, he who talks a lot, sins a lot. Why is that? Because so many times we just get caught up talking. Yeah, You ever got you, you, you ever kind of felt like you were standing off watching you say some stuff and you're like, who is that? What is that? Okay, kind of like an outer body experience. It's like, that wasn't supposed to come out, okay? It's because we get caught up and we just start running off at the mouth. We go faster than the Holy Spirit can keep up with, okay? That's why we're supposed to season our words with love. That's why, in fact, I have a little quote on my desk. It says, uh, season your words very well because they'll taste better when you have to eat them. Anybody in here ever had to eat their words, okay? So season them well so they'll taste better when you got to eat them, Okay? So here's the deal. Uh, when you talk a lot, you, you stumble a lot. You misspeak sometimes. We all offend, not just teachers. We all stumble. We all fall short of the glory of God. This includes teachers as well as all other believers. No believer, no matter how great a teacher he is, um, do not just occasionally... No matter who he is, is free from stumbling or falling. In fact, know what the verse says. In many things we all stumble. We do not just occasionally fall and, and, and sin. We are always coming up sharp before God. This includes all teachers or preachers as well as all believers. So what's the proof of this? When some believers live such pure and righteous lives and walk so faithfully among us, how can Scripture say we're always offend, offending and stumbling? Look at the tongue. The tongue shows us. Is our tongue always showing that we are patient and long-suffering? Is our tongue always kind? Is our tongue always rejoicing in the truth? Is it always bearing all things, believing all things? By the way, if you're saying, boy, that sounds a lot like uh, love, fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, it is, okay? Is our tongue revealing a hope in God for all things? Is our tongue enduring all things? Is our tongue free from bragging, not puffed up, not jealous, not rude, not easily provoked, not thinking any evil thoughts or saying any evil things? Anybody other than me uh, convicted right now? (laughs) Yeah. Only one thing can be said, how short we come from the glory of God. In no uncertain terms, the tongue shows us that we are always stumbling, always coming short, always in need of the grace and mercy of God. Okay, let me help you parents out here, especially parents of youngins. Don't pray for patience. You've heard me say this before. Pray for grace. Pray for mercy. Okay? Because what happens when you pray for patience? Hayden will wreck the car. Okay? I hope I'm not prophesying right now. Okay? Or, or, or Hunter will do something dumb. Okay? You'll get put in a situation where you have to show patience. Okay? Sister Garland, you ever been there? Chip or Eric ever put you there? Oh, yeah. Okay. We've all been there. The good news is she survived and Jen, you'll survive too. But you got two girls. You got it easy. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's that? <laughs> all righty. So remember, guys, we all need the grace and the mercy of God. In no uncertain terms, the tongue shows that we're always coming up short. Now, this is not an excuse nor is it to say that we're not to control the tongue. We are held accountable for, by God for every word we speak. Therefore, must we learn to control our tongues. Now, you know what? In the process of controlling your tongue, maybe the first thing we can do, Miss Dawn, is just not say nothing. Okay? Think about situations you've been in in the last month. Okay? If you just not said anything, could it have went a little better? By the way, I'm not picking on you. I'm really not, okay? I could use myself, okay? There are opportunities where I want to say something, but sometimes I choose not to, and then I just kind of watch God work it out. He can do that. He's God, duh, okay? And then there's sometimes I decide to open my mouth, and it doesn't go quite like what I wanted, okay? But the tongue is the way to becoming, in fact, a couple things we need to learn. Here's why we got to learn to control our tongues. The tongue is the way to become more perfect or mature or fully developed as a Christian. A person's maturity can be measured by his or her control of their tongue. Have you noticed as you've grown with God, you've got a little better in this area? I hope you have, okay? Shana, I know you're having a fun time today, but you've gotten better, hadn't you? As you've grown in the Lord, okay? Even though them kids sometimes will dance on your last nerve, you've gotten better. So again, it's not where we've been, it's where we're going. It's a sign of maturity. We're growing in that area. Your pastor's growing in that area. I don't nearly stick my foot in my mouth near as much as I did when I was your youth pastor, okay? You know, I remember Brother Polk let me preach one time. There was a reason, because I probably said some dumb stuff. Okay, you know, so again, we uh, we mature, we get a little better in this area. Secondly, the tongue is the way by which we learn to control the whole body with its appetites and passions. If a person will learn to control his tongue, he can learn to control any passion or appetite in the body. Again, guys, it's all about crucifying the flesh. If we can learn to control this little thing, guess what? This big thing will kind of come in line too. Okay. Here's a thought. The tongue speaks what is in the heart or the mind. It is the tongue that either justifies or condemns us before God. It's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 12. Matthew 12, Jesus said, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thy will be justified, or by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Wow, that's pretty heavy, wasn't it? The point is shocking. Nevertheless, the fact is a warning issued by the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always remember that the believer's warfare is spiritual. Okay? As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the what? pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus. You see, guys, every word starts as a thought. And that's where we really have to deal with it. That's why the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Believe it or not, before you say something, your mind has to think of that something. Okay? So at that moment of thinking, you haven't sinned yet. 
at the moment of, oh, I just want to tell somebody how it is. Yeah, look, let's be honest. Anybody in here ever wanted to tell somebody off recently? Been there. Absolutely. I, I, I have my hand up. Okay. I'm human just like you are. Okay. How many decided not to? My hand is still up. Okay. Now, for those of you that weren't able to put your hand up, we'll have an altar call at the end. Okay. But here's the deal, guys. It comes as a thought. Okay. Zach, I'm sure this week at work, there's been moments where you just wanted to tell somebody how it was. Okay. He might've been somebody below you and you might've wanted to show him the door. Might've been somebody above you and you wanted to go, how did you become a supervisor? Okay. Whatever the case is, those thoughts are okay. But before you shoot out that email, before you pick up the phone, before you say, Hey bud, come see me. Let's make sure we pray through that. Let's make sure we filter those thoughts through, through, through the grace of God. Okay? And you know what, guys? If we can learn to take those thoughts captive, if we can learn to deal with those things at those thoughts, you'll say I'm sorry a whole lot less often. Okay? I don't know about you, but it ain't no fun having to apologize all the time. Okay? If you're constantly in the habit of apologizing, you need to do a little better job of taking those thoughts captive. Here's another thing to think about, guys. As Christians, we should not react to things. We should respond to things, okay? You know, reactions are, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. That's a reaction, okay? A reaction is just, you know, just, a, just something you naturally do, okay? And that's usually fleshly. That's usually carnal, okay? A, a reaction is, Brother Bernie, when you're working on that little thing, if you crush your, if you, if you slam the hammer on your thumb, you say words that Miss Annalie goes, Bernie, okay? That's not good, okay? Responses are, you know, responses are, you've thought about it, you've processed it, you've, you've thought about, okay, if I say this, think about all the harm I'll do, all the damage I'll do, all the apologies I'll have to do. Boy, it just ain't worth saying that, is it? <laughs> okay? And then respond accordingly. By the way, that's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of maturity, okay? You know, it's one thing, we've all seen a, a two-year-old throw a tantrum, hadn't we? Okay, we've all had our three, our own three-year-old throw a, throw a tantrum before. Okay, it's a whole nother thing for a forty-year-old to throw a tantrum, and I've seen them both. Okay, so let's make sure we're not that forty-year-old throwing a tantrum. Amen. So we got to watch what we say. Uh, another example about tongue stewardship is found in verses three through five. It says the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. Two illustrations are given. Number one. Consider the bit or the bridle that's put in the mouth of a horse to guide and turn the horse's body. The bit and bridle are ever so small. I love horses. My wife loves them. We have some cousins that have some horses. And uh, a couple Christmases ago, we went riding. And, and it's fun. And, and uh, how many like horses? They're beautiful animals. They really are, okay? Huge animals. I mean, if you ever got up close to an animal, that's a big thing, okay? And, and, and the bridle is just like that little bit in their mouth. And that turns the whole horse when you do it right. Now, sometimes you do it wrong and they do other things. But, but, but that little thing controls that massive animal. It's the illustration, just like with us, guys. Our tongues, um, our tongues can, can affect so many things. And then also consider the small rudder that guides a ship. 
It even controls the ship through the winds of a fierce storm. Note how small it is. We, we just went on a cruise a couple weeks ago. We went on a big old boat over a thousand feet long, okay? But, but that thing is controlled by, by rudders. Now it's a little different. I think actually the whole prop type turns. But, but compared to the size of the entire ship, what's turning the ship is very, very small. So that's the illustration that even though this tongue is very small, two, three, four inches long, it's very powerful. Okay? It's very powerful. So it is with the tongue. It's only a little member of the body, but its destructive power is great. It can boast great things. The idea is that of making statements that stress one's abilities, talents, self-sufficiency, triumphs. It's basically boasting. But you know what? It has great destructive power, but it also has great creative power. How did God create everything that we see? He spoke it into existence. Now I'm getting on Chantel's preaching ground, okay? But she talked to you before about the power of our words. We have creative ability in our words. We have the ability to bless things. We have the ability to speak blessings. We have the ability to speak life into things, amen? And we need to take full advantage of that. I know much of what James is talking about in these first few verses are the negative aspects of the tongue, but I want to turn it and remind you of the positive aspects of the tongue. You, when you can learn to control your tongue, can begin to speak blessings, can begin to speak life, can begin to speak faith, can begin to speak and prophesy your future and prophesy blessings over your children. You know, guys, my wife has... um, as you know, done some health coaching and been very prosperous. God's blessed it. You know, one of the reasons God's blessed that because every morning I go sit in her office and we pray over her business and I speak blessings over her business as the pastor of the house. Okay. Not this house, that house. Okay. Cause you realize that before I was the pastor of this church, I was the priest of that house. Okay. That happened 24 years ago. Okay, so so as the priest of my household, Zach, you can do this at home. Rick, you you can do this at home as the priest of your household. You can command blessings over your household. There's power in that. That's speaking blessings. That's using the tongue for good things. Amen. You ought to try it. Now, I'm working on a message and and the Lord hadn't released me to release it yet. But talking about the power of blessing and how if you want to change something, you bless it. You don't gripe about it. You don't complain about it. You bless it. Because when you bless things, you invoke the power of God upon something. And you have that ability. And it's in that little thing called a tongue. Now, back to what James was teaching. A person can boast about anything uh, in so many ways. He can talk big. But no matter how the boasting's done, it's destructive. It lowers the image of another person in the eyes of others because of a boasting or makes the listener feel in, inferior. Or, or any time we say things that are not pleasing to the Lord, it has a destructive effect. Psalms 10.3 um, 10, says, For the wicked boasteth of, a heart, of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous who the Lord abhors. Psalm 49, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. And then Psalm 27, 1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Another example that, uh, that, the, that James gives is in verses 5 and 6, that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The word matter, hewlin, means wood or a forest. Hence the matter or raw material of a thing. Okay? 
Therefore, the meaning is that a great forest is set on fire by only a little spark of fire. I may have been watching the news and out west, all those wildfires, you know, it, it kind of caught our, our attention because Chantel loves Redding, California. There's a great church there, great ministry center there, and, and she's always wanted to go to Redding. And it's a beautiful place, great sequoia forest, beautiful place. But, but right now they're in the midst of a drought and there's forest fires. And, you know, as a fireman, always fires get my attention, okay? But that wouldn't be something I'd want to mess with, okay? Because it's so unpredictable. A forest fire, you think you can have it contained, then the wind changes or something happens and all of a sudden it gets out of control. You know, at least when a building's fire, we can always surround it and drown it and it ain't going nowhere. You know, it's not as, it's not as unpredictable. But forest fires, wildfires are, are just crazy and we watch that on the news and we were listening last night how they have one fire like 30% contained, 25% contained. Now guys, I'm not a math major, but that tells me you got 70% not contained. You got 80% not contained. That ain't good, okay? But, but think about how those fires started. Sometimes it was arson. Sometimes it was carelessness. Sometimes it was even a lightning strike or something like that. But one small spark created tons of, 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 of uh, damage. How many times one word we say? One thing we say when we're mad. One thing we say when we're upset. One thing we say when we're hurt. Think about all the carnage that can create sometimes. So the meaning is that, that just like a forest fire can start with one little spark, so it is with the tongue. The tongue is a fire that can set a whole forest of lives and relationships on fire, consuming and destroying everything in its path. It is a world of iniquity. It can cause what seems to be a world of sin and destruction when it is set ablaze. Just think about the great and terrible damage that has been done by the fire of words, rumors, uh, backbiting, sharp, cutting remarks. Think about the marriages that have been destroyed, the children that have been disturbed and abused, friendships that have been damaged, reputations that have been ruined, wars that have been fought, fights that have been aroused, injuries caused... The list goes on and on, but the point is well made. The tongue can be a little fire that sets ablaze and it consumes whole forests of people and relationships. Know what the fire of the tongue does. It defiles the whole body and sets on fire the whole course of a man's nature or life. The phrase, the course of nature, is a descriptive phrase, very picturesque. In the Greek, it means the wheel of nature, the wheel of life, the unending span of life stretching from birth to to death. Therefore, the tongue can do just what this verse says, pollute and dirty a man's whole life and body the whole wheel of his life, the whole cycle of his life. Think just for a minute how all the evil of this world finds expression in our words. Words that lead to immorality, words that lead to wickedness, to maliciousness, to envious, to lust, blasphemous, idolatry, murder, anger. Name the sin. The words are involved either through thoughts of the mind or verbally through the tongue. Guys, do you see why it's so important for us to watch what we say? That's why it's so very important. Look, James, James visited this and he visits it again in the next chapter. Any of you parents ever had to repeat yourself to your kids? Okay. You had to do it once or twice, huh? Every now and then you have to repeat yourself. Why? Because maybe they're not listening or you're really trying to hammer home a point. Well, guys, James really tries to hammer home the point that we got to watch what we say. Now, as the pastor of a Cajun church... 
okay, down in South Louisiana. I can talk about you because I are one, okay? I'm from Franklin, Louisiana. I'm as Cajun as they come. I know how much our mouths get us in trouble. I know how much we like to brag sometimes. I know how much we like to say some things. And and we don't mean much by them, but again, guys, we got to watch what we say. Make sure that the words you're saying are uplifting, that are faith-building, that are encouraging. Because if not, Boy, it could set a a huge blaze. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number uh, 4, verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 1 Peter 2 and 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil talk. Watch what you say, Cajuns. And in Hebrews chapter number 12, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you and therefore many be defiled. And then finally, we wrap, we wrap up with verses 7 through 12 where it says, the tongue is a restless evil. Note, the, uh, note what we've already said about the tongue, but even more. The tongue is the only creature that cannot be tamed. Men have tamed every kind of creature there is. Some beasts, birds, serpents, even creatures of the sea. You can go to SeaWorld and watch a, watch a dolphin do a flip and, and watch a, a whale splash the crowd. It's kind of cool to see, okay? Man's done all that, but man can't tame that tongue. Secondly, the tongue cannot be completely tamed by any man. The idea is completely and fully tamed. Note that the verse says that no man can tame the tongue, but what is impossible for man is possible for God. Lehman Strauss says, While no man can tame the tongue, there is one who can. The Lord is no less able to control a lying, blaspheming, uh, slanderous, gossiping tongue than he is to deliver the drunkard from alcohol, the gambler from the gaming table, the narcotic from drugs, or the lustful from adultery. You see, guys, it's a tough thing to tame your tongue. But if you'll give God permission, he'll help you. If you'll let him, he'll do it for you. Matthew Henry in his commentary says this, No man can tame the tongue without the supernatural grace and assistance of Almighty God. The apostle does not intend to represent it as a thing impossible, but as a thing extremely difficult, which therefore will require great watchfulness and pains and prayer and grace from Almighty God. The point is this, No man is able to tame his own tongue, not fully, not completely, not enough to please God. Only Christ can control your tongue, control it enough to be pleasing to God. And then finally, the tongue is unruly. It is restless, uneasy, unstable, always roaming about. It is full of deadly poison. It can bless God in one breath and curse men in the next. Men who are made in the image of God. Note how inconsistent the tongue is. It blesses God and curses men. Guys, let me tell you just a, a, a pet peeve of mine. When somebody talks about being a Christian, when somebody professes their faith in Christ and then uses profanity, Really a pet peeve of mine, okay? I mean, it's amazing. They'll talk to you about the goodness of God, and next thing you know, they're saying words that go, eee. You know, it just, it, it, it bothers me, okay? It bothers me. Um, 
Now, am I, am I saying that, that when Brother Bernie's working on his little thing, if, if he says something other than dadgummit, if he busts his finger, that, 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 that he's going to miss heaven? No, but Annalise is going to give him a hard time. Okay, so watch what you say, buddy. But, but here's the deal. When, when, when we profess Christ, there's certain expectations. And one of those is that we watch what we say. Okay, we watch what we say. I I see it all the time in the coaching profession that that one of my little hobbies, they 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 want to they want to talk a good game. But then sometimes they betray themselves by the words they use. Let's not be that way. Let's not make people people scratch their head and go. I didn't think a Christian should talk like that. Well, guess what? They shouldn't. (laughs) Okay, but how many know just because we shouldn't do something, sometimes we find ourselves doing that very thing. But guys, here's the deal. If we're going to be a testimony to the world, if we're going to be a testimony to this community, if we're going to make a difference in this community, we better sound different than this community. Amen? We better speak faith. We better speak blessings. We better speak edifying things. If you got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Taming the tongue is tough, but it can be done. The tongue must be controlled by believers. Brothers, all who are brothers of James, brothers in the Lord, these things must not be. James says, can a man bless God in one way and curse man in another? These things ought not be. It is totally inconsistent for a believer's tongue to be untamed. A believer is just like a fountain, a fountain for God. Does a fountain bring forth sweet water and bitter water? No. Is it contrary to the nature of believers to have an untamed tongue? A believer is just like a fig tree, according to James. Does a fig tree bear olives or a vine figs? No fountain leads, uh, yields both salt and fresh water. No good tongue yields both words of blessing and words of cursing. Let's make sure our words line up with our actions. We say what we mean. We mean what we say. Let's our yes be yes, our no be no. Speak words of blessing. Speak words of faith. Or speak nothing at all. Amen? I wrap things up with a couple scriptures and I close. What time is it, by the way? Doing pretty good? Oh, time to close. Okay. Psalms 34, 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Proverbs 13, 3. 13, 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. James, uh, a little earlier in, the, uh, in his book, says in James 1 and 26, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and that man's religion is vain. And finally, James 3 and 10, we just read it, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. As I close, with every head bowed, I close. This was a big area of temptation, especially for us Cajuns. We, uh, we run off at the mouth sometimes. We say things we, we don't mean. We, we respond in anger. We react when, when, when something happens. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, has possibly the Holy Spirit convicted you in, in some area tonight? Um, in some area of tongue stewardship? and maybe, maybe, maybe you tend to be a little negative. Maybe you, you speak you don't always speak words of life or, or maybe you still struggle with, with, with saying the wrong things at the wrong time. You, you want to say the right things, but boy, you just need the Lord's help. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, how many would say, Lord, I really, 
I really want to be pleasing with the words I say. I really want to do a better job in this area. And I, I can't do it by myself. I need your help. Would you help me? If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Hands going up all over the place. This is kind of an altar call that I get to lead us in because I need it just as much as you. Lord, I just pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord God, that you would help me to speak life, that you would help me to speak blessings, that you would help me, Lord God, to to steward my tongue in such a way that it would bring glory and honor unto you. God, not just in the big things, not just when I'm behind this sacred desk, but each and every day, no matter who I'm with, no matter who I'm around, whether I'm here, whether I'm at the school, whether I'm in the bass boat, whether I'm in the deer stand, help my words and my actions line up with my faith. God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for forgiving of my sins. Thank you for cleansing my heart. Now help my tongue line up according to your word. Let there be no guile found in my mouth. Let no evil talk come from my lips. I pray that over every person here today. God, for some of us, this is a weak area. For some of us, God, we need an extra measure of your grace and mercy. I pray that you would do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. Help us be men and women of faith who walk the walk and talk the talk. Bless your people here tonight. Strengthen them, encourage them, and continue to use them for your glory as in everything we do and everything we say, we try to please you. It's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody would say amen and amen.